Our Bible reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 3. So if you'd like to turn in your Bible there, Genesis chapter 3. And we'll read from verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return." And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And Adam knew Eve his wife, 
And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Amen. Have you ever thought about how momentous the birth of Cain must have been for Adam and Eve? Uh, Not only was he their first child, uh, the first child ever born, he represented hope after all they had lost. Uh, We've just read the story of Adam and Eve's fall. Uh, They were given just one command to keep in order to preserve their life, their relationship with God and the perfect world that God had graciously given to them. Just one command. One tree out of a multitude of others that they were not to eat of. Simple. Maybe you've wondered about that world, about life in that garden, about Adam and Eve's relationship with each other. Uh, Maybe you've wondered about the fellowship they enjoyed with their creator, uh, walking with him, talking with him in person. How good it must have been. Uh, Ladies, can you imagine being married to the perfect man? Uh, Men, can you imagine being married to a perfect woman? Uh, Maybe you don't have to imagine. Uh, It's not for me, not for me to say. uh, Adam and Eve, influenced by Satan, threw all of that away. They disobeyed God and plunged themselves and the whole human race into sin. Sin entered the world, and wherever there is sin, there is death. We talked about that on Sunday. Uh, We talked about the reality of evil and the destruction it causes. Adam and Eve lost their beautiful home. They lost their innocence. They lost their eternal life. The experience of pain and sorrow became the norm for them and for all their offspring unto this very day. When they fell, so did we. But despite the enormity of their rebellion, God was merciful. He he came to Adam and Eve in the garden. He didn't abandon them. And while he pronounced a dreadful curse, he also provided a covering for their guilt and shame. He clothed them with skins, and to do that, life had to be taken, blood was shed, there was a sacrifice that temporarily dealt with their sin, that allowed them to live on and continue in relationship with the Lord. God also made a promise to Adam and Eve. We call it the Proto-Evangelium, the first word of the Gospel. It's there at the end of verse 15 in chapter 3. The Lord said that the seed of the woman, a descendant of Eve, a son of Eve, would crush the serpent's head. He would destroy the one who had brought evil into the world. There was hope for Adam and Eve. And as I said a moment ago, that first little baby represented, even personified, that hope. Here was the son of Eve. Here was the seed of the woman. Could this be the one who would restore what Satan had ruined? Was this the saviour? Notice what Eve said when Cain was born. Chapter 4, verse 1. She said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. She acknowledged that this child was from the Lord. 
The Hebrew might also be translated by the Lord or with the help of the Lord. Now, I don't think Eve was naive and didn't understand where babies come from. Uh, I don't think Eve thought this was some kind of miraculous thing that had happened, but clearly she did see the Lord's hand at work in the birth of the child. The Lord had done something for her. I don't think it's a stretch to connect what Eve said here in chapter 4 verse 1 to what the Lord said in chapter 3 verse 15. It's very likely that Eve believed this boy was the fulfilment of that promise. This child was the deliverer, the one who would crush the serpent's head. In his commentary on Genesis chapter 4 verse 1, Calvin describes several historic interpretations and then he says this, I've put it in the order of worship, others with greater subtlety expound the words, I have gotten the man of the Lord. As if Eve understood that she already possessed that conqueror of the serpent who had been divinely promised to her. Hence they celebrate the faith of Eve because she embraced by faith the promise concerning the bruising of the head of the devil through her seed. The theologian James Montgomery Boyce expresses it this way, and this is also in the order of worship. Neither the man or woman had ever seen a pregnancy or birth before. So the wonder of birth was increased many times in their experience. Not only was there to be new life, it was to be the promised life, the one who should destroy the work of Satan and restore people to paradise once more. Adam and Eve must have counted the months, weeks and days Nine months, eight months, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, two weeks, one week. At last the child was born. And Eve held in her arms the one whom both she and Adam thought was the deliverer. Great expectations. That's what Adam and Eve had for their son. He was more than just their child, their their firstborn. He was the one who was going to fix what they had broken. He was going to defeat the one who had deceived them and robbed them of paradise. He was the saviour God had promised. And so, can you imagine their great disappointment when things didn't turn out that way? Cain did what? Look please at the text, chapter 4 verse 1. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. 
put yourself in Adam and Eve's shoes on the day this happened. Can you imagine their shock? Can you imagine the heartbreak, the the devastation? Not only was one of their sons lying dead on the ground, that was bad enough, but it was their other son, their firstborn, who was responsible. And not only that, in taking the life of his brother, he proved to be the exact opposite of what they had hoped. This was blow upon blow upon blow for Adam and Eve. As others have said, Adam and Eve were tragically mistaken. Cain wasn't the Messiah, he was a murderer. He wasn't the Christ, he was a killer. He didn't deliver Adam and Eve and their offspring from sin and Satan. Rather, he was completely overcome by sin and Satan. Cain didn't restore what had been broken. Rather, he broke it even further. He did the devil's work and brought yet more death and misery into the world. Cain, that firstborn son, was a disappointment. And a failure. Now you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, why on earth are you talking about this? This isn't really Christmas sermon material. Who wants to think about murder and failure on Christmas Day? I don't think anybody does. So here's the point. In thinking about Cain, our hearts are drawn to Jesus. And I suspect some of you are already there with him. You've you've made the connection. You can see where I'm going. Cain is not a type of Christ. Cain is not a symbol of Jesus. But he does point us to Jesus. In fact, this is a very appropriate portion of scripture for our meditations on Christmas Day. Today, we mark and celebrate the birth of a child, don't we? Like Cain, this child was the firstborn. The first child born to Mary. And the firstborn over all creation, Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1. Like Cain, this child was a man from the Lord. Eve said that about her son who was conceived in the normal way. How much more was it true of Mary's son? He was literally from the Lord. In fact, he was more than that. He was both from the Lord and the Lord. We can't think about the Nativity without thinking about the Holy Trinity. There be three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one true eternal God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory. God the Father sent... God the Son who was incarnate in Mary's womb by the special operation of God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is a real human person, a man from the Lord who is the Lord. Like Cain, the child Jesus was a son of promise. Of course, he was the son of promise, the one that the Lord was talking about way back there in Genesis chapter 3. The one promised all the way through the Old Testament, represented in Israel's worship, spoken of by Israel's prophets. But he was also a son of promise in that more immediate sense. His birth was announced to his mother before she was pregnant. 
Eve was told that she would have children and that her seed would crush the serpent's head. Mary was told her child would be the son of God. Like Cain, Jesus' birth was the cause of much rejoicing. Eve acknowledged the Lord. I think it's correct to see her words in Genesis chapter 4 as an outpouring of praise. When Jesus was born, there was an outpouring of praise from the mouths of angels. There are probably more, but that's where I'm going to stop with the similarities and move to the contrasts. And this is what really grabbed my attention as I prepared this sermon. Here is much food for our souls this Christmas morning. Uh, There are so many of these contrasts and much could be said about each one. Cain was proud. That's evident in what he offered to the Lord and in his response when his offering wasn't accepted. Cain was proud. But what was Jesus? What was one of the most outstanding features of his life and ministry? His humility. Let this mind be in you, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Cain was selfish, so selfish that he killed his own brother. He gave full and free expression to his feelings of jealousy and envy. Cain was totally selfish. But Jesus, he was totally selfless. He always thought of others. He always acted in their best interests. He gave of himself to others over and over and over again. The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Cain was rebellious. Jesus was obedient. Obedient all the way through, from his temptation in the wilderness, to his agony in the garden, to the pain and shame of the cross. He was well pleasing to his father. Cain caused people to fear. Jesus gives men and women peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Cain shed his brother's blood. Jesus allowed his blood to be shed for his brother's sake. Cain took life. Jesus gave his life. Cain offered an unacceptable sacrifice. Jesus offered a perfect sacrifice. Cain perpetuated the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy them. Cain made things worse. Jesus makes things better. Cain brought death. Jesus brings life. Cain was a failure who broke people's hearts. Jesus was a success who heals people's broken hearts. Cain didn't deliver anyone. Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, will deliver everyone who trusts in Him. 
Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 11. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Saved from sin, saved from judgment, saved from death, saved from all of the damage that was done in Eden. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. I could go on with these contrasts. But I'm sure you get the point. I'm sure you can see how this child born to Eve points us to the child born to Mary. The ugliness of one highlights the beauty of the other. Cain's hatred magnifies Jesus' love. All that Cain wasn't speaks of all that Jesus is. I know it's Christmas, I know it's the holiday season. Most of us have some good things planned for today and for the next week or two. It's very possible that some of you have come to worship this morning and you're feeling disappointed, even sad. You've been let down, you've been heartbroken by a cane in your life, child, A parent, a sibling, a spouse, perhaps a close friend. That hurts perhaps more than anything else. Maybe you've been heartbroken by a cane or maybe you feel like a cane. You feel like a failure. You suspect or you know for a certainty that you have disappointed others. You've you've let them down. You've, You've hurt them. You're full of regret and guilt. You desperately wish things were different you wish you'd behave differently if this is you this morning remember that the story doesn't finish with Cain it finishes with Jesus the Bible is about Mary's firstborn not Eve's Jesus is the deliverer He is the saviour. He is the one who overcame sin and the devil. He came into this world to redeem you and restore you. He lived the life you were not capable of living and then he died for your sins on that cruel cross. He gave his life so that you might have life. He came to make you whole, to cleanse you, to wash away your guilt, to lift you up to God. This is the good news of Christmas. This is what today is all about. If you've trusted in Christ, then you are with Him. You are in Him. You are His and He is yours. You're clothed in His righteousness. You're clean. You're free. His Spirit is within you and will fill you with His love and with His peace. The throne of heavenly grace is always open to you. The one who sits on the throne is always inclined to hear your prayers and meet your needs. If you've trusted in Christ, you're not a Cain. You're not identified with Cain. You're not part of his family. You are in Jesus. 
You're identified with Him. You share in His life. That's how God sees you now and forever. And whatever a Cain might have ruined, Jesus will fix. If not now, most certainly in eternity. If there is sorrow, if there is guilt, if there are burdens, if there are wounds, then my dear friend, look to Jesus. This Christmas morning, let your mind be filled with Jesus. For he is the son who doesn't disappoint. Amen.